I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, April 19th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, it is so great to be back. Thanks for sticking with us through our brief hiatus. We hope you had a great Easter, a happy Passover, a reflective Ramadan. Whatever you were celebrating, we hope you got some well-deserved time off over the long weekend. Now, Jay is still on vacation. He's in California right now, but he'll be back soon as well. In the meantime, one thing I didn't want to bring to your attention was I saw on Twitter, Rod Zayden, he's an economist, and he pulled data that showed that there are more ships waiting to port in Shanghai right now than at any point in the last five years. Now, this is all because of COVID lockdowns in the city. You might have read about this. And the reason why I'm telling you about all these ships waiting to dock is that those ships are probably going to pick up a bunch of goods that we buy back here in Canada. And the longer those ships are waiting, the longer it's going to take for those goods to come to Canada. And so I know we're already facing pretty severe inflation right now. And here's the bad news. It could get worse. And so anyways, just a warning, just something I wanted to bring your attention in case you're looking to make a big purchase, probably do it now before the prices start going up, but just thought it's some news you can use. Now for our first story, tech boom. For our second story, stop driving. And for our third story, ban oil. For our first story, a new report from PitchBook found that venture capital investment in Canadian startups surpassed $13.6 billion in 2021, crushing the previous record of $5.8 billion in 2019. And the good times, well, they're rolling on with investment set to match that pace this year. Now, between this new information and that New York Times piece about how Toronto is North America's newest tech hub, the Canadian tech scene is truly booming. And what's interesting is that it's not just the number of deals driving this growth. The deals have also been larger. Rounds of 25 million or more accounted for 75% of total investments, while the average deal size skyrocketed from 6.8 million in 2020 to 15.5 million in 2021. And some notable examples from the previous year include fintech lender Clearco, who secured $268 million in funding, and major blockchain player out West, Dapper Labs, nabbing $319 million. And here's why you should care about these big numbers. So increasingly, VC money is coming from the US. This is a trend that started in 2017 and has only accelerated. Now, since 2020, more than half of all Toronto area VC deals have included at least one U.S. investor. And as money comes from the U.S., workers that previously may have left could be staying in Canada as startups will have enough funding to pay top talent, big salaries, and a competitive space. Now, Canadian salaries for high-skilled positions in the tech sector have already gone up 20% over the past year, but the average tech salary in Toronto, $117,000, is still well below that, believe it or not, of the U.S. average, which is $191,000. In past years, it was par for the course for the best and brightest in Canada to leave for Silicon Valley to start their businesses. But as more money continues to roll into homegrown startups, including from U.S. investors, Canadian entrepreneurs and workers no longer need to go to California to get U.S. money and can stay put to pursue their tech dreams. For a second story, here's an obstacle Tesla may not have seen coming. You'll get why that's funny in a second. A crackdown by U.S. regulators on its self-driving technology that could make consumers think twice about the promise of autonomous vehicles and threaten the company's sky-high valuation. If you've ever seen Tesla's autopilot feature, it's pretty cool. It basically turns a Tesla vehicle into a self-driving car, but by and large, it's pretty unregulated. And now the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, which regulates the safety of vehicles in the U.S. and has been described by Elon Musk as The fun police, well, that's one way to look at it, 
has launched two investigations into Tesla's autopilot technology. Now, uh, like I said, autopilot, it's like advanced cruise control. It can do things like automatically change lanes, park the car, and adjust vehicle speed depending on traffic, but still requires constant driver supervision. Although you may have seen some TikToks of guys just putting their feet up on the dashboard and letting it drive itself. Now, regulators claim that Tesla's marketing has convinced consumers its autopilot and quote-unquote full self-driving features make a car, well, fully self-driving, leading to reckless behavior on the roads like taking a nap while your Tesla cruises down a busy highway. Not recommended, folks. And here's why this all matters. So Tesla could face a recall order if NHTSA decides that the cars are unsafe, something that would be really bad for, you know, one, its reputation and two, its stock price. Now, regulators want Tesla to add more safety measures like cameras to make sure drivers are paying attention and restrictions that would only permit autopilot on certain pre-mapped roads. Any recall order that forced Tesla to change the hardware in its cars, like installing new cameras, would be costly, not to mention inconvenient for its customers. And if we take a zoom out here, that's that, I gotta make that zoom out, son. Tesla claims that its cars are safer than average and using autopilot, according to its own data, cuts the risk of an accident by 90%. But high-profile accidents like a Tesla crashing into an 18-wheeler with autopilot engaged, well, they're the ones that grab the headlines and the attentions of regulators. And what's pretty interesting is as we transition into more and more self-driving cars being on the road, I think we're all going to collectively have to get more comfortable with this idea that maybe robots are better drivers than humans. Anyways, it's just something to keep an eye on. It's pretty interesting. And for our final story, Quebec became the first jurisdiction in the world to ban oil and gas extraction and exploration last week with all current drill sites shutting down within the next three years. Now, this is a pretty big deal, and here is what you need to know about this. It's always a big deal if Canada is anything that's a global first. The bill specifically bans explorations of underground reservoirs for petroleum, revokes any licenses for such exploration, and orders any wells opened by drilling to be closed and returned to their natural state. The bill does not cover things like pipelines or oil refineries, but you know, Quebec is uniquely positioned to pass this new law for two main reasons. One, the oil and gas sector is not an outsized part of Quebec's economy. Quebec doesn't produce any oil, and though it does have an abundance of natural gas, there aren't actually any natural gas production facilities in the province. Now, public opinion of the oil and gas sector is much more negative than in other provinces, with citizen activism shutting down various oil and gas projects over the years. Now, oil and gas companies that hold permits in the province are put it mildly, I'm happy with this development, especially after the province decided on a compensation package for them valued at $100 million, which is a far cry from the $500 million that the industry was asking for. Now, gas advocates claim that this is a particularly untimely moment to pass this law, as Quebec's natural gas could help Europe replace Russian gas, with Quebec Energy Association President Eric Tetreau saying in a statement that Quebec is renouncing its potential. And here's the bottom line. Quebec's decision is a historic one, but the move will do very little to reduce nationwide emission levels unless it inspires other provinces to follow suit. And honestly, judging by the sentiment across the country right now, especially with everything going on in Europe, that does not look to be the case. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice? And please, please, please leave us a review so people find out about us. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. 
Thank you, Jay, wherever you are. Thank you, Peak Pals, for sticking with us. And it's, it's great to be back. 